happening for a while, but let's just go right away to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 from verse 10 to 10. It's just going to be more two more minutes. 2 Corinthians 12 from verse 7 to 10. So it reads, Or because of these surpassingly great revelations, um, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment, to, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in witness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Why don't you tell to your neighbor right beside you, for his power is made perfect in my weaknesses. And as you said that, you can go back and sit down in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. What a wonderful presence of God, amen. Uh, this is uh, this was this has been beautiful. I, I had some technical difficulties at the back with the drums. <laughs> Something happened yesterday. I don't know, but we're gonna fix that. But that didn't stop me from praising God with uh, the talent He has given me. So I wanna thank the Lord for that. I wanna thank the Lord for everything He has done so far. I've seen God in many ways these last weeks. So I believe that God has something special for us today. So. It's funny to read this Bible verse, you know, because it's, uh, Paul emphasizes something, is that he will rejoice in the weaknesses, in his weaknesses, right? So it is, it is weird to think about this because normally, you know, he says, I'm going to boast in my weaknesses, but normally you don't boast in your weaknesses. Like normally you would boast on something else, you know, like, uh, you know, I bought a new car, bro, come see this car this is i don't know the the bmw uh or this is a new mitsubishi whatever you know or especially if, uh, among your people like i know there's some things that are really really like something that the young people always want to have for example some shoes you know i got the new air max whatever or i got the new uh, i don't know nike jordan nike jordan you see i don't know if you saw that uh, if you ever your your kids have asked you, I want this pair of shoes, or I want this this new phone, you know? Because when you have it, you know, friends are your church, or even friends, no, no, friends are your school, or no, you're at, you're at your church too. They will, they will look at your shoes and they'll be like, ooh, bro, that's it, that's fire, you know? That's, those shoes, yeah, I see you, and you're like, yeah, yeah, bro, you see? I got these shoes. Because there's, there's not only, like, the expensive side of it, but also, like, the, the status it gives to you. You know, like, whenever you have those shoes, everybody's like, oh, bro, 
Nice, nice. You see, or it could be anything else like Rolex or uh, I don't know anything that 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 you see on on somebody else, and you'll be like, "Wow, that's great," you know. So this is weird because you would normally flex with these things, you know. You would normally flex with, "I bought a new house," you know. This is me, you know. I work hard for that, ha. Huh. Or not not only like material stuff, but it could also be something inside of you. It could be your intelligence. You know, uh, you made you did an exam. I got 100 percent. It was easy. I didn't even have to study. Like you're like you're lying. No, no, I didn't study. You know, you boast on the things that will give you a value to some people. You know, that would give you a value, especially in society, right? So. What is funny about this is that, especially when it comes to material uh, things, is that it has to be original, you know? You cannot come and say, I just bought the new Rolex, and when you go look at the watch, it says Colex in in instead of Rolex. <laughs> say, so, bro, it's, it says Colex, what is this, you know? You're going to be like, eh. Or instead of, I don't know, instead of Adidas, it says uh, Adios. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so. It has to be something original. It has to be uh, the company produce it, you know, in order to have that value, in order for you to boast, to flex it to other people, right? So there is something similar, but in the Jewish culture. In the Jewish culture, they didn't have Rolex, okay? They didn't have Nike or Jordans or whatever, you know? They had others, another culture, another type of boast in, at that time. And especially among the, the Jewish people, you know, we all know that they were chosen by God. They were the people chosen by God. So especially when Christ came, after Christ came and he, he died and resurrected, um, Christianity started. And, you know, this was the fulfillment of the Jewish people. Jewish people were waiting for this Messiah. So when, when this Messiah came, Jewish people, they were always like, you know, I'm a Jewish. I can preach the gospel. Jesus, Jesus was a Jewish. He was born in the same place as me. You know, he comes from the same people as me. So if, if you were a Jewish at that time, wow, amazing. Wow, you're from the people of, of, of Jesus? Wow, that's crazy, you know? So in other words, this was like the original way, <laughs> you know, because... If you notice while reading the Bible, when you see that there are the gospel was preaching unto other people, you see uh, terms such as the Gentiles, which means that there were these were weren't Jewish. They converted to Christ, but they weren't Jewish. See, and because of that, there was kind of like a discrimination. Let's say, you know, if if you were a Jewish and you were uh, preaching the gospel, people will listen to you. People would uh, uh, give you some respect, some honor, because you come from that people. But if you were a Gentile, well, not everybody, but in, at, some, at some point, they will be like, you're just a Gentile, or we don't take you as seriously as somebody who is Jewish. Okay? So, same thing. You know, Hebrew people. Hebrew people, they were all um, descendants of, of Israel, right? The people that, that came from, from, from that, that people. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... When you were a Hebrew, well, in other words, when you, your first language was Hebrew, that gave you a certain status. 
you know, the Bible was written in Hebrew, so you already know some people had to learn to speak Hebrew in order to understand the Bible or, uh, you know, to under to interpret the Bible. But those who are, were already Hebrew, you're, this is me, you know, wow, amazing. But not only that, it's not only about your background or, or where you come from, it's also the role that you had in the religion or in the culture. So, for example, if you were a Pharisee, wow. Like, whenever Pharisees came, everybody were like, that's the Pharisee, Pharisee. No, Pharisee. Because that gave you a certain pre prestige in the society. Or being a priest, you know, being somebody important in the role of the religion at that time, in the role of that, that society at that time. You know, being a teacher, a scribe, all these people, they were, they passed all their lives, you know, studying, you know, studying, studying, reading the Bible or, or reading the scriptures and teaching to other people. And this is why people, they were amazed, you know, by, the, by, by their teachings. Wow, you know, that this, this scribe is going to, this teacher is going to come and teach us today. You know, everybody was happy. Wow. So they were all were educated. And some of them, you know, they didn't, maybe not everybody was able to write you know, but some of them, those who were able to write, you know, read the Bible or even even the way you, s you spoke was important. The, the way you spoke, you know, so all of this give, gave you a certain value. It gave you that 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 something that you could boast in that moment. So here's something interesting. And I give you all this context because this is what happens in Second Corinthians, um, in, in the verse that we read. And it turns out that Paul, he started this church, or Paul was there always for this church, teaching them, you know, bringing the gospel, you know, bringing everything they needed. And when they left, when he left them, some new, uh, they used to call themselves as super apostles, you know. They came and they started teaching uh, other stuff, or they started teaching, and especially what they did bad is that they started uh, despising what Paul has done in this church. You know why? Because these these new apostles, they were all of this. What I told you, they were all Hebrews, they were all Jewish. You know, they were well spoken. They had a lot of information. They had a lot of knowledge. So. All the teachings that they were bringing to them, uh, at some point, they were like, okay, well, th these people are higher than Paul. Like, you know, Paul doesn't even, have, he doesn't even know how to speak. Like, he, he, he's, he's not a, as good as this one, as, as these people. So, in that moment, it's what Paul uh, writes to them. And he, he wrote this letter. So, it was an honor to be an apostle at that moment. You know, wow, an apostle of Jesus, somebody that is preaching the gospel, right? And the thing is that not everybody was an apostle. Some of them call themselves apostles. And this is why you have like false teachers at that moment. Like you have all of this. So they started despising uh, all, all the work that, that Paul was doing at that moment. But now the question rises, and this is, who was Paul? Who was truly Paul? And if you, read, if you read about Paul, or at least heard about him, you know that Paul was 
actually somebody that had all this stuff in the Jewish society that he could boast. In other words, Paul was directly brought from an Israelite tribe. Uh, Paul did not have to, probably did not have to learn Hebrew. Probably it was already his first language. You know, in other words, his, his background was there. You know, that was Paul. He was an apostle. And he was chosen by God to preach the gospel. He started many churches. And he was always taking care of them by send them, sending them letters. So this, this was Paul. He was, even though he couldn't spoke well, he had a lot of knowledge. And he was always sharing the gospel with his knowledge, with everything he had. And at some point he says, he mentions like even all the, the ceremonies like um, circumcised, being circumcised. He said, I am circumcised too. You know, th this was all Paul. In other words, Paul had the curriculum to be respected, to be valued in that society, right? So since the church in Corinthians were following these fake apostles because of the prestige and high value, re religiously speaking, Paul has no choice but to explain then how full this is. And he explained them this by playing their game. In other words, because Paul was being despising, you know what he said? Okay. You want to play this game? You want to play this game? Let, let me play. So he put, I don't know, his gauntlets, you know, like going into the rim. He, and he started comparing, okay, let's, let's see, let's follow your logic. You know, let's follow your logic. And we see this in 2 Corinthians uh, 11, chapter 6, and it says, I repeat, let no, let no one take me for a fool. But if you do, then tolerate me as you would a fool. So that I may do little, I may do a little boasting, okay? And this is weird because, wow, an apostle, uh, what? Boasting? What? This is weird. Aren't we supposed to be humble or, or whatever? But you got to be careful. It says, in this self-confident uh, self boasting, I am not talking as the Lord would, but as a fool. In other words, in, in other words, he is talking like in order to prove their point or in order to prove his point to them. He's not taking this as something that the Lord is telling him to do. You know, you gotta, we got we to gotta know this. So he emphasizes that this is not something he's saying or to be taken as the word of God. But it's truly believed that he's, uh, but uh, it's to prove his point. So verse 18, it says, since many are boasting in the way the world does, I too will boast. In other words, okay, if the world is doing this, okay, I'll do it too. Let me show you. You gladly put off with fools since you are so wise. He was kind of being sarcastic. Like, wow, you are, you are so wise, but you, you're letting yourself uh, being controlled by some fools, you know? Verse 20 says, in fact, you even put up with anyone who enslaves you or exploits you or takes advantage of you or puts on airs or slaps you in the face. To my shame, I admit that we were too weak for that. Whatever anyone was Anyone else dares to boast about, I am speaking as a fool. In other words, this is, this is not something from God. This is, you know, I'm just, just to follow your logic. I also dare to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? 
And again, he emphasizes, I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. You know, I have worked much harder, being in prison more frequently, being flogged more severely, and being exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews for the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been, I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from, from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from the Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at the sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled, and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst, and I have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak, and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin, and I do, I do not inwardly burn? In other words, he got, he got into that ring, you know? He got in that same logic. Okay, these people are like this. Me too. Hebrew. You know, if, are they servants of Christ? Look at what I've done. Have they done this? I don't think so. You know, these apostles, they were not going to the point of uh, putting their lives into, into risk for preaching the gospel. The they only thing that they wanted was being recognized, the status, right? So Paul, by playing their game, proves them that he is truly worthy of a prestige according to the society and the religious standards. If not, he proved them that he deserved more. Paul was not a fool. He was a smart guy. He had everything that any other individual or any other apostle, super apostle had. But this is not the point that Paul wants to make. He, he's not saying all of this in order for, to have this prestige. He's just saying all of this, you know, to get in the same level as the other people th 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 they were playing, you know. So Paul knew that there was nothing to be proud about. He understood that there was nothing good or worth enough that he would use to think of ourselves as superior or deserving people or, or, or deserving more than other people. He knew that everything we have, have bought, have accomplished, even though we put a lot of, of effort in it, it doesn't make us better. Because at the end, it is God that allows it for us to have it. Right? He recognized that if we have something, it's because God's mercy towards us. Because he allowed us to have it and not because you worked for it. This is why Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. And if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. And I, I brought this subject today because there is, we're, we're not that far from the Jewish culture. You know, we know what it takes for us to have a prestige in society, even in church. You know, oh, wow, this guy is serving here. Wow, this guy is preaching. Wow, I admire you, brother. You know, in society, like, 
Oh wow, you you you're studying this career? Wow. You must work you must work really hard to have it, right? And when you're 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 finished with it, now you have a good work, now you have a good house. You see? Now you have all of these things. And this is what the world understands as to be successful. But as a artist that I follow says that if I am successful without Christ, then it is a failure. In other words, you could have everything that this world is telling you to have. You could have the best job. You could have the best house. You could have everything you want in life. But if you don't have Jesus in your heart, that is a failure for your life. That is a failure for your life. And this is exactly what Paul understood. And we can see it if we go to Philippians chapter 3. From verse 3 to 11. Philippians chapter 3, verse 3 to 11. So Paul was not a man that lived and compared his life to others according to their religious standards. Um, in fact, you know, everything that I mentioned here, everything that I just mentioned, like that had a value for, for the society at that time, for Paul, it was garbage. And this is what we can read here in Philippians chapter 3, verse 3 to 11. It says, For it is we who are the circumcision, who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, you know, that was part of the law. If you were circumcised, you were good. You were obeyed the law. Wow. Of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, you know, over the years, the tribes kind of lost. We Today, we don't know exactly who is the original. or We don't know exactly where are the tribes nowadays because they all get mixed, you know. We don't know who is actually... Who comes from uh, each tribe? There are some um, theories and everything, but we don't know exactly who comes from each tribe, right? So, but he says, uh, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as far as for seal, persecuting the church. You know, if you persecuted the church, wow. That was great. He's just putting everything he had in any situation. Like if we go from the religious side, I have this. If we go from the uh, secular side, I have this. Right? So, uh, persecuting the church as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But here's what amazed me. It says, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I considered everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage. That I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness on my own that comes from the law. But that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, 
to know the power of the, his resurrection and participation in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, and somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. This is another level. In other words, what the world or, or the society was offering Paul, and even though he already had everything, it wasn't satisfying for him. He knew that there was something greater. He knew that there was something greater than having a status, having a good job. He, was, he knew that there was something greater than that, that just having like a good business. He knew that there was something better that the world could offer to you. And this was Jesus. This was his message. This was his gospel. And I'm pretty sure many of us here have come to understand this. That without Jesus, we are nothing. That without Jesus, what, what of our lives would be? You know, how he changed my life, how he came into my life, and how he restored everything that I, that I was struggling with. You know, we came to understand who this Jesus was. Who this Jesus was. It doesn't mean that you're not working anymore. It doesn't mean that you're not taking care of other stuff anymore. No, but your priority now has become Jesus. God. And because of that, you know, so many people sometimes ask me, wow, how, how do you spend so much time in, in, in church? You know, because every time they, 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 we start a conversation and they ask me, what are you doing on, on your weekends? I'm like, bro, the weekend I'm at church. You know, the whole weekend. Fridays, you know, we have Youth Fridays. Saturdays, we go to the Spanish church, Brother Caesar. And then, and then Sundays, we're here. You know? And in all of them, you know, we're either serving, worshiping. But my whole weekend, it's spent on the church. Right? So, it, it is, it, they, they find this funny, you know, because they're like, what? No, hang out with your friends, you know, like, get, you know, go to some parties, whatever. I'm like, no, because I found something that is greater than anything that the world would offer me. And this is what we have found. So, Paul did not boast on what he was. However, he did boast on something. And it's ironic. It's ironic when you read it. Because he boasts in his weaknesses. And this is something that I truly find amazing. Because weaknesses what what is weaknesses you know you don't want to show yourself weak weak to another person if, if i'm honest i'm a person that usually doesn't share what happens to him to other people you know i, I usually keep things to me like I, if there is something going on in my life i'm gonna try to fix it myself i'm with god of course but i don't necessarily have uh, of course i do talk about some things but there are, there are some stuff that I just keep for myself. And I, I, at some point I was wondering, why, why, is it, why is it that I try to keep these things for me? And the answer was, because you don't want to sh show yourself as a weak person. And just as me, there's many other people out there. They don't share this stuff because they want to be seen as, no, I got this. You know, I'm able, I'm, I'm smart enough, I'm intelligent enough. You know, I don't want to be seen as weak. What weak? No, what is that? But the reality is that every person in 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 all this earth 
has weaknesses. We all know our own weaknesses. We all, we all know our own struggles. We all know our own difficulties. If pastor found out about my weaknesses, my God. Wow. You know, if, if pastor find out what I did a few years ago, no, wow. You know, we don't want to be seen. That's, that is a problem. Because the church is supposed to be that, that people that would show mercy to you. That would show restoration to you. But we are so afraid of showing our weaknesses that we're st we decide to stay in the set position every day. And over years and years, we don't want to be seen as weaknesses. But here come Paul and says, I will boast on my weaknesses. I will boast on my weaknesses. So it says, if we go back again, back again to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 to 10, it says, Or because of this surpasses great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh. And this is key. Because there, I think there, there are many uh, theories about what the thorn in the flesh was. Some people say it was a sickness, he was sick. Some people say it was probably uh, a, uh, a weakness that he had. Uh, anything, you know. And it says, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, uh, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. And he says, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said, no. Or in other words, he said, my grace is sufficient for you. How many times have we asked the Lord for something? And the answer was, the answer was this. My grace is sufficient for you. Because... Let me tell you, as, as much as we have faith, sometimes when it is the will of God, there's nothing that can move it. Because it is the will of God. And I'm pretty sure that Paul had faith. Paul knew the power. Of course he knew the power. He had seen a lot of people sick, being restored. He had been as a lot of sick being delivered. But for some reason, God told him, No. And after this, it says, for my power is made perfect in weaknesses. And this is key. Because, you know, as I was telling you, Paul had all these attributes, all of this. But probably God knew that by, by Paul having this thorn in his flesh, this is what it was, what it was going to remind him that he needed God. He, he was probably a good disciple, a good servant. He was probably starting many churches. So maybe that, all of that would take him somewhere else. But the Lord was saying, no, 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 no. You still need me. You still need me. You still have a weakness. You still have a weakness. And because of that weakness, I will show you who I am. Because if everything you've done it is because of me. Everything you have done so far is because of me. You have that weakness so that my power will be made perfect in that witness. And this is why he says, he understood this. And he says, therefore, I will boast 
all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses. What? He delights in being, in being insult? He delights in hardships? He delights when people are persecuting him to kill him? What? I would delight if I just stay home, you know, peace. Nobody's trying to get me hurt or whatever. But he's delighting when he's getting persecuted. He's del he he's del he's enjoying when he has or he's he's boasting of all of these weaknesses, you know, when he's in difficulties. And this is what he says for when I am weak, then I am strong. And this is what probably we haven't understand yet, is that when we come to God, it's not about you being strong. It's not about how confident of yourself you are. We understand that whenever we come here, there is no a better person than any other else or any other body. We, we understand that the only person that has value in this place and that is worthy of praise is God. And because we are weak and he, his grace comes to us, his mercy comes to us, then we are strong. Because we can do everything through Christ that strengthens us. Because he is the one that provides you that strength. And he is the one that provides you and allows you for things to happen. He is that God. And here's the thing. Some of us are ashamed of our weaknesses. Some of us are, no, I don't want to, I don't want them to know. I don't want to, you know, I, I want to I wanna show myself as somebody who's, who's right with God. Somebody who's never struggles. No, 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 you know, I glorify, I'm going to, I want to give God thanks. Or I want to glorify God by showing that I am good. But this is not what it is saying here. You glorify God by showing how weak you are. And how he can make his power perfect in your witnesses. So, if you ask, for example, people in poor countries. You know, these people are, I was hearing at a message, Pastor Caesar, yesterday. And he was saying that people in, in, in poor countries, if you tell them to stand up like in your head, you will be saved, they will believe it. Because they don't have the same educations as we have, you know. Because they don't, they have, they've never listened to what we have listened. And whenever we hear something, you know, whenever we hear something about God and he, God is able to heal you, we doubt. We're like, is it true? I mean, yes, but probably not today. Uh, oh, if if he was telling this yesterday, oh, if if I don't get healed, it's okay. I still got my doctor. You know, I still got a surgery. Surgery. Whatever. And that already causes some doubt in our minds. But for those people in poor countries, they don't have other choice, another choice. And this is why they believe. And we could say they are weak because they're in poverty. Probably they have been, they are refugees. Probably their, their members of their family have been killed. But they've seen the glory of God because of their faith. They've seen how God is, will manifest himself in any circumstance, more than maybe some of us, or a lot of us, or maybe probably most of us, all of us, 
they've seen God, but they're weak, according to us. You know, we, we're not that weak. We have, we, have, we have a good financial situation. We have family. We have a house. We have a car. That's great. But God glorifies himself in weaknesses. And this is what Paul boasts about. He did not boast about how many churches he started, neither how many years he served or how well reputation he most had. Rather, he boasted in his weaknesses. So, I'm about to end. And this is my question to you. How are you living your life with Christ? How honest are you actually being to God? We don't want to show ourselves weak to other people. Okay, that, okay, good, I understand it. But even when we're in church and there is a lot of, I don't know, praise, worship, you know, and we see any, any brother, any sister coming here and raising their hands and, and, and crying out, you know, and you're like, okay, wow. I remember when I, I was a kid, I was like, oh, bro, I don't want to be like that. You know, I don't want to show myself like that. Like, you know, I, I want to keep my dignity. You know, I, I don't want to be like, if I'm going to praise God, I want to be like, yes, God, thank you. But I will never be like, oh, God. <laughs> I, I was a kid. I don't want to see, I don't want to be seen by others as somebody who's weak. I don't want to be seen somebody as, uh, uh, which, uh, as somebody who is, who, who is just crying all the time. You know? But when I come to understand that it is not about me when I'm in church. That we have a privilege to be in his presence. That the only worthy is God. That is what allows me to, you know what, I don't care about how, what people think about me anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to praise my God. I'm going to tell him how worthy he is. I'm going to tell him he is worthy to be praised. It doesn't matter if I'm in youth convention or it doesn't matter if I'm here in Jubilee. Because it seems like sometimes the only time where we're not ashamed of being a Christian, where we're completely surrendered is only at youth conventions. But when we come to Jubilee, ah, oh, musicians are not great. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, Ricardo's not here. I don't know if you know Brother Ricardo, but, you know, but this is not about... Who is here? Who is directing? This is only about people gathering together to serve one God. To serve one God. To recognizing that we are nothing without him. That it doesn't matter if... if uh, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Our musicians are great. You know, there are... There are uh, <laughs> I want to be honest. There are many churches in Ottawa that have good musicians. You know, like, have you heard Bernard Nathaniel? <laughs> have you heard Bernard Nathaniel? You know, I'll, every time he plays, I'm like, Woo, wow. <laughs> you know, oh, have you heard Gerald? You know, the guitar, you know. And thank God, you know, I, I was realizing that at some point we were playing at, at Yield Rally, and it was the whole band of Jubilee Church. Like, you know, that was, 
it's it's a place where all the churches get together and technically they call it good good musicians. And I was like, oh wow, this is the whole band of Jubilee Church, right? But what why does what does it mean to have that if we're not surrendering to God? You know, sometimes I feel like oh the porch is on point, the, the, the worship is on point, but nobody's raising their hands. Nobody's worshiping. You know, nobody. And sometimes you feel, Brother Nathaniel, he's playing and he's just, he leaves the piano and he just starts praising. He just starts worshiping God. You know, because this is not about us. This is not about how good or, or how talented you are. This is about God. So, what is your weakness? What is it that you've been hiding so much in your life lately? What is it, if there is something that you've been hiding, keeping it in your heart for years, you don't have to share it to me. You don't have to share it to, to the church, but probably you can t come and talk to pastor. You can go and talk to your father, your mother, because it is important for us to show ourselves weak, especially in front of God. For when you are weak, you are strong. For when you are weak, he made Make his his power perfect. So why don't we stand? Why don't we stand and why don't we think about man about this moment? What is happening right now? God. You know, we're all in church. Wow, I made great in probably 18 minutes in theory it should be done. In, you know it is so beautiful to be in a place everybody else is has the same purpose as you. This is how the Holy Spirit came because they were all reunited together in one accord. They were all they were all seeking for the same purpose. Right, so let us recognize today that we are in his presence. So I'm going to ask you, is there, is there any weak people here tonight or today? Is there any person that is willing to show weakness to God? Is there any people that would like to say, God, God, here I am. God, I know that I've lately, I've, I've thought of myself as somebody who's so smart, as I'm able to do everything by myself. The way I've grown have shown me that people respect me, people love me, but nobody knows where my weaknesses are. Nobody knows what is truly going in my heart. Is somebody here like that in this place right now? Why don't we start talking to God? Why don't we start? Why don't you start being vulnerable to God? Why don't you start being real to God? God, here, here I am, God. I know I've been having this story in my life for days, for weeks, for months, for years. I want my family to be safe, but to be honest, I don't think you are able to do it, to be honest. But the, when I come to church, they tell me that with you, everything is possible. 
God, right now I am weak and I feel like I don't have any hope. But the Bible tells me that you are my hope, that you are the answer. God, today we pray for those who are looking for you, God. Today we pray for those hearts that have been hiding things for years. Today we pray, Lord, if there is any ego, if there is any obstacle, Lord, that will stop us from coming presence, from surrendering to you, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray that you're going to break that. In the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord, that we're going to be free. Lord, let us tell, let us see how good you are. Let us glorify yourself in my weaknesses so that I can tell other people how good you are. So that I can tell other people that you glorify yourself. Your power is made perfect when I am weak. Help me recognize that I am nothing without you, God. Help me recognize that I am here to exalt your holy name.